Welcome back to that scary as fuck. I'm Joe. I'm very surprised by the amount of energy you started that with. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and I guess I'm Nick. Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah, I am. Yes, you are. Yeah, I am. Alright, a little bit different today. Sorry, that was my hip. Um, Sexy. Yeah. A little bit different today. I didn't research anything because I didn't feel like it. And so <laughs> I will also be reading some stories off of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she didn't research, how dare she? I never fucking researched. That's fair. <coughs> There's another coughing fit. Yeah, it's fine. We won't mute that one. Yeah, it's fine. All right. So how many stories do you have today for us, Josephine? Dose! Oh, I thought you were just going to hold up the number on your fingers and then not say anything. No. Just be like, well, we don't have a camera. Yeah, I know. Well, that's a mystery, I guess. Yeah. Can you share anything about them? Titles, hints. Titles? One is he followed me home. Okay. The other one is my mother forced me to play hide and seek every night at nine. One night, it wasn't a game. Ooh, okay. Yep, yep. Mine is Something is Wrong with You. Okay. By unlucky dash add 5416. Mm hmm. And Something is Knocking at My Walls by big underscore balls underscore 4044. Love that. <laughs> Alright. Who would like to go first this time? I think I finished our last episode, so yeah. I'll go first and then you can finish this episode. Okay. Alright. <clears throat> Storytelling voice. Wow, the mocking. Something I just is... can't wait until we get a webcam. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I really can't wait until no, that's we right. have a webcam. I'll just uh, go head dive uh, face first into an empty swimming pool. Okay. So. <coughs> Make sure you scratch and sniff. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> Alright. Something is wrong with you. You insist there's nothing, but I know, Brian. I always know. I've asked you so many times now that you're annoyed. So now, on top of the paranoia, I feel I also feel overbearing. I can see my ten-year-old self now, passionately scribbling, scribbling away in her Lisa Frank diary. It's what, uh, it's what feels like now, but if, sorry, that sentence didn't make sense. But if I don't get out, I'm going to burst. I guess you could consider this a letter. No, don't worry. It's not that kind of letter that you have to be that you have to leave behind after leaving this world. I know how you feel about those letters. Now I I know how you feel about those letters now, and I would never do that to you again. My meds haven't been medding right lately. Have you noticed? I'm sure you have. God, it's so embarrassing. I would have never told you about my diagnosis, but your ex-girlfriend, Amber, works at my behavioral health clinic. I can't believe she told me you, she told you she saw me there. I'm sure that's either illegal or pretty close to it. You know, <laughs> you know how when you're looking for a sign, you'll find one? I hate that. Like last night, I was so tired coming home from work smelling like french fries. When I came over to hug you, you jumped away. Were you just playing around? I ran to the bathroom to clean up, and I wish you hadn't seen my reflection in the mirror. My under eyes were, my under eyes are always deep purple, and I don't sleep much anymore. As I was turning around, turning on the shower, I heard you stifle a laugh. I knew it. It was Amber. Did did you tell her about how pathetic I looked in my dirty uniform? I braved another glance in the mirror. My figure reflected my poor eating habits. 
mostly I just eat one big fast food meal a day. Lots of energy drinks. Would would you like it if I cooked for you more? Were, were you laughing with Amber about my acne or my flat chest? Amber was perfect. Beautiful like a Disney princess. With my forehead pressed against the mirror, I had to repeat my soothing mantra before I made any rash decisions. I stormed out and demanded to see your phone, then smashed into your big fucking forehead until your brains fell out and your tongue had a, hung out of your pretty little mouth. Smell the flowers, blow out the candles. Smell the flowers, blow out the candles. I decided to take the high road, though, to embody the happy-to-please housewife that you knew I'd make, I knew you'd make me one day. I scrubbed and shaved every inch of my body. I slathered on the pheromone lotion that Cosmo said will make your man worship you. At first, I thought you were just really focused on your nightly cleaning. But I passed you like four times, extra seductively, and nothing. You even looked kind of irritated. I don't understand, baby. So I had to step it up a notch. I pulled up my bath towel and hopped hopped in front of you, pressing my butt up against you in slow circles like I've been watching on YouTube videos. I knew I was doing it per perfectly. I could have cried when you tried to push me off, and then I heard keys unlocking the front door. I knew who it was by the perfect blonde waves, still flawless after a 12-hour shift. Hey, Brian, they need you on the third floor. What the fuck? She called. What are you doing here? I yelled as I pulled my towel closed. I knew it. I had always known it. You're still in love with him, aren't you? What kind of girl messes with another girl's man? In an instant, I was on her, wrapping, my, wrapping her stethoscope around her pretty little neck. God, she was something, wasn't she, Brian? As she gasped for air, I leaned in close, kissing her smooth pink lips. I know why you cheated. I can understand a man's desires. Honestly, I'm glad you got that out of your system. Annie, you whispered to me sternly, drawing me close. You know the drill. Pants lowered and penned over. Oh my god, Brian, great idea. You were going to prove to that bitch exactly how much you loved me. All was forgiven. I was ready to show, to give the show of a lifetime, make her watch while you, we prove our passionate love. As I started to raise my shirt above my head, your hands stopped me. When you pulled down my pants a couple of inches, I thought, ooh, you just wanted to get down to business. Oh, baby, ow! You pinched me hard. Then I saw the syringe in your hand. Everything went foggy. What the fuck, Brian? I haven't seen you in weeks. I'm I'm so confused. I just hope that we can forget about this and move on. I'm so ready to get out of here. Annie Blackwood, patient 4837, Chicago Psych Psychiatric Rehabilitation Center. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Ooh. Thoughts? <laughs> Ooh. I don't like that. She will crazy. A little bit. Okay, so like... And I said I was crazy. The, my first time reading through it, though, I was like low-key on her side. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this bitch cheating. But then when I like, oh, the key's in the door. And then she walks in. The first thing I thought was like, oh, no, this bitch just like broke into the house. And he's like petrified. But then we're like, oh, you're needed on the third floor. I'm like, oh, no, this bitch is crazy. Mm -hmm. she's, in a, she's in a psychiatric hospital. Fuck mm -hmm. that. Fuck her. Fuck that. Fuck all of that shit. That's all I'm saying about that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Honestly. My little my little Annie, this woman has to start calling you. You all crazy. You're gonna wow. choke choke a doctor out with your stethoscope. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay. Alright. So this one is called He Followed Me Home. Okay, I'm not listening. Hate it. Already okay. hate it. I'm right. gone. I'm all leaving. All right. okay, okay, okay. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> and the writer of this or the author of this is called the uh Voice in the Night. 
voice in the quiet night. Dear Lord, voice in the quiet night. Most your mouth is contagious. Yes. He had been following me for the last ten minutes. It all started when I exited the parking lot of the law office and drove onto the road. He had been driving in the opposite lane, but the second he'd seen me, he immediately pulled a U-turn to get in behind me. Now, as I flicked my turn signal for the exit off the highway, he too, almost in unison, flicked his signal on. I took the exit, and he did the same. His LED lights were especially blinding in my rearview mirror, which made it even worse because he was riding my bumper and the fact that it was pouring rain. I glanced at my watch, 1 a.m. I had a huge day in court tomorrow and had stayed late preparing everything. Maybe that's it, I whispered as I stole another glance into the rear view, squinting under the brightness. This guy had been on me the second I had left the office, which meant he must know who I am. He Was he one of those thugs I prosecuted years back, fresh out on parole and hungry for revenge? I squinted into the bright lights again, tried to make out some identifying features on the driver, but all I could see was a dim silhouette. I racked my brain, trying to remember if any of the guys I had been put away that I had put away had recently been released, but came up empty-handed. I took a deep breath and calmed myself. I was just being paranoid. Yes, the stress from being from the big anti-corruption case was clearly taking its toll. I took a right off the main road and he followed me. My stomach sank. The big case. Now it made sense. This guy must have been hired to shut me up before the trial began. I glanced at my watch again. It'd been 15 minutes. I was only five minutes from my house. I grabbed my phone and started to call 911, but then he blared his horn at me. I jumped in my seat and the phone went flying. I swiped for it, but wedged it, it wedged in between the passenger seat and the door. For God's sake. The man kept blaring his horn at me. My heart seized with every blast. I slammed the, ga the gas pedal and took off, desperately trying to get away from this madman. He in turn floored it and followed me. His car was faster than mine, and soon he was riding my bumper again despite the high speed. I was almost home. Once there, I could run inside, lock the door, call the police. My neighbor had a gun, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I pulled into the neighborhood and flew past the houses, going double the speed limit. Almost there. Almost there. I reached the cul-de-sac, and the well-lit street finally cast enough light onto my pursuer's face. His face was crazed, with eyes stretched open and his lips grimacing. Finally, I reached the house. I slammed the brakes, forcing him to cut left real quick in order to avoid an accident, nearly colliding with a parked car. He spun out into the cul-de-sac and his tires squealed in agony. I ripped open my car door and sprinted for the front door, howling for my family to call the police. Half the neighborhood was awake now and heads were poking out from every door because of the commotion. I tore open the front door, almost running right into my terrified family who were already dialing 911. We locked the door and looked out the window. The man staggered out of his car and ran across our lawn. My wife screamed. I flung the shoe closet. I flung open the shoe closet and grabbed the only weapon I could think of, a baseball bat. The man reached the doorstep and I gritted my teeth. Then he slowly turned away and sprinted across our lawn and back to his car before peeling out. It was all over in seconds. Stunned. Stunned. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I was stunned. I stepped towards the front door and unlocked it before pulling it open. On the doorstep was a sheet of paper. He had left a note. I picked up the note and raised it to the light. In the distance, I heard sirens approaching. I read the note. It was in the back seat. 
my dad, my son suddenly grabbed my arm. Dad, I think there's someone in the house. What? What? Mm-hmm. Th- what? Mm-hmm. Okay, but question. Mm-hmm. If the headlights were super bright and this dude was tailing him for 15 minutes and he kept looking back at the dude tailing him, how didn't he notice anything in the back seat? Well, if he was in the rearview mirror, you can't see in the actual <clears throat> back seat if you're looking like that. Yeah, but if it's late at night and the lights are bright, you'd see the silhouette. No, it just said it was in your back seat. Oh. Yeah, not the person. Hmm. Because there was a whole ass car there still, remember? Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking, because it doesn't really but give me a like... whole lot, I think there was evidence in the back seat that he was trying to get to. <clears throat> really? Because I almost took it as like the dude that was following, following him was trying to warn him about something. Because it didn't say it broke into the dude's car. It didn't say he went over there. It said it right, he ran from his car to the front door, then back to his car. Right. So, okay, but he said it was in his back seat. And then his son said someone's in the house. Yeah, someone's in the house. So. But who would have been? The... Unless they got the shit from the backseat, like you said, and they had already had someone there to get him. True. I don't know that. That conclusion leaves more questions than answers. For me. Same here, honestly. But it was a good story nonetheless. Who wrote it? it? You don't remember? No. It was the. Uh, not the I put that in there last time too. Um, Voice in the Quiet Night. If you hear this, please write in. If you have more, please. We're confused. We're not confused. We're in, we're intrigued. I should say. Yes. So if you hear this, write in. Wow. Um. It's a YouTube video of the narration. I'm trying to see if the there's comments on it. Maybe. Okay. Oh, it just says that stay strapped. That's literally the only comment was stay strapped. Gotta stay strapped. Stay strapped and get clapped, baby. That's wild. Gotta keep that skip skip diddly in case a homie wanna get silly. You know what I'm talking about, baby? That's what I'm saying. All right. Mm. All right. Man, is it my turn again? It is. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, dear. We're in the store. (laughs) Okay. All right. Normal storytelling points, I guess. Something is knocking on my walls by big underscore balls underscore 4044. Also, side note, if you guys ever hear your stories on the podcast, please feel free to write in. If you have more stories or want us to check out something, please let us know. We'll be more than happy to look at it. Yep. All right. About a month ago, me and my girlfriend of three years moved into our new house. It's a quaint one-story home by a smallish lake. There are about 10 houses surrounding the one lake and all, but they're all fairly far apart. We know our neighbors, but not well. The, th- the sound started about a week ago. Violent scratching, almost like an animal, but far too rhythmic. It would start with two scratches, then a small pause, then three, a pause, four, so on and so forth. It would continue going up by one scratch each time. The scratching was from outside our bedroom wall. It, at least it was the first time. The next night, we heard it again. This time from outside the kitchen. Then we heard it again. It was coming from the living room. Every night, scratching started from one and counted up till it inevitably stopped. 
the highest I've ever counted it to was 38. What the fuck? The fifth night, my girlfriend was off, or was off put by it. She didn't hear it. She didn't hear it like I did. She didn't hear the rhythmic pattern. She wrote it up as an animal, something of nature that was entirely explainable. But me, I wasn't so certain. To me, it felt like something conscious. It it sounded like it was intentional, and it sure as hell sounded malicious. Every night, it would happen around the same time, midnight. My girlfriend and I would, would be going to sleep, then all of a sudden, the rhythmic scratching would commence. I never went outside to try and see what it was. I also never argued too much with my girlfriend over what I was hearing. The last thing I wanted to do was prevent her from sleeping. She was a nurse and often spent all day at the hospital or wasn't home until late in the evening or early night. But this night was different. She was on a late shift, not due to be home until around 12.15. I wanted to stay awake to see her get home, but I had also had a long day and I needed to sleep. I went to bed around 11.50. I closed my eyes and turned off the bedside lamp. Then I heard it. I had half forgotten what it was. I was so tired that I brushed it off first. It was the fifth knock that woke me up. Excuse me. It was loud. It was shrill. I managed to drag myself out of bed into the living room. I tried to pinpoint where it was coming from. Was it the kitchen? The living room? The laundry? Then I heard the twelfth knock. It was coming from the front door. I didn't want to open it. I didn't want to see what was on the other side, but it was 12-11, and my girlfriend would be there in any minute. I didn't want her to run into whatever this person, this thing was. I took a deep breath, then another, then another, and finally, I opened the door to nothing. No signs of scratches or dents, nothing, except... There was a puddle of water like someone had just come in from the rain and had played, had paid a visit to our doorstep. But it hadn't rained that night, at least as far as I knew. No one had been, at, been to our door that night either. Then I heard it. A loud screeching. It was like a retching howl of a creature I couldn't quite put my finger on. Then I saw lights. He- headlights. My girlfriend's headlights. The howl was from her direction. I took off running roughly 20 yards to the scene. There it was in front of her car. A monster. It was a beast that looked so foul, so human, yet inhuman at the same time. It was on all fours, dripping with water and covered in duckweed. It was standing on the hood of my girlfriend's car, staring at her, snarling. The second she saw me, she threw her door open and ran as fast as she could in my direction. The monster screeched and chased after her. I grabbed her and ran to it for our front door. I practically threw her in the house as I reached the entryway, entryway cabinet and grabbed my hunting rifle. I raced outside. The creature was nearly up to our doorstep. I aimed the gun and boom, it fired towards the beast. A loud, painful screech sounded from the thing as it stepped back in shock and surprise. It didn't fall over or collapse from the bullet wound. No, it just ran. It ran away from our house towards the lake. I stood there baffled and alert as the strange and horrifying creature that had been tormenting me for over a week crawled itself into the murky waters of the lake. I stood there for what felt like an eternity. 
I never came back out of it never came back out of the lake. My girlfriend and I left it that night. Needless to say, we never went back, not even to clear it out for for the new people moving in. We've been staying at my parents' place ever since. We don't plan on leaving it anytime soon. We did warn the new owners of the occurrences, but the couple was old and skeptical. All they cared about was how cheap they got for. I still don't know what it was that I saw that night, or how it could be underwater for that long without coming up for air. I didn't know how the neighbors had never told us anything about it, or how they had seemingly never experienced anything like it before. These are all questions that could only be answered by returning to that quaint lakeside home, and therefore, they are questions that we swore to ourselves will never get answered. Hmm. Actually, did a cryptid again. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. Man. I wonder what the creature was. I mean, from the description, it almost sounds like a skinwalker or like a wendigo or something. Yeah, but can the they be lake? in the lake that long? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let me go to... Uh, Harvard University and ask their expert on Wendigos and Skinwalkers. <laughs> Alright, thank you. Appreciate you. I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> but no, I don't know. But the only thing that pushes me away from thinking it was one of those is in most stories you hear about them like shape-shifting and stuff. Yeah. And, oh man. I think the weirdest thing to me is like, unlike a lot of these cryptid stories, it sounds like the rifle actually had some kind of effect on it though. And part of me wonders if like, when he shot it, like, if the reason it didn't come back up is because it just died in the water. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's also true. Because he doesn't know exactly where he hit it. Yeah. Yeah, Man. that's true. I don't know. But then also, like... That's so weird. I don't get how... Where'd the thing go, though? Like, cause when it knocked, you didn't hear it. Or right. You didn't see it, it. Well, it uh, went Wearing to the girlfriend. girlfriends, yeah. yeah but, oh, man... I don't know. I don't know. That okay. one's weird. There goes our plans for buying lakefront property. That's not fucking happening. Yeah, no. No, thank you. All right. Do you All have right. one more? Do you want to have one more chocolate marshmallow graham cracker? Yes, I do. Boom. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were expecting... Were, were you wanting me to say something else? I didn't really... <laughs> no, I was getting my leg comfortable. Oh, uh, we just had, like, that awkward pause, so I didn't know if you were, like, expecting me to say something. No, I just was okay. getting my leg comfortable. I wanted to make sure you were okay with my leg being okay. there. Okay. That's fine. All right, cool. Okie dokie. Okay. So, this Chill. one Fantastic. is Great. by Lovely. Verified Amazing. underscore Hunter. <laughs> my mother forced me to play hide-and-seek every night at nine. One night, it wasn't a game. My mother always made me play hide-and-seek with her. It was just me and her, and we played it at night. Each time, without failure, she told me to ignore her during the game. She told me that she would purposefully try to trick me, but, you know, if you really wanted to trick someone, why tell them anything? We played in the park. I thought this was normal, but I knew other families didn't do this, but at the same time, I thought there was nothing wrong with us doing it. I liked the park after all. During the night, the air was so fresh and it was silent, the trees seemed larger than usual. She counted down from 100, giving me ample time to run away. My general competitiveness always made me run away, as far as, as, far as I could. I'd find some space behind many trees and I'd lie down. The park was large, but somehow my mother always would find me. She would always manage to walk past me at least three times in those 20 minutes. I'd always hear her speaking as she'd walk past me. Come out, Clara. 
Clara, please come out. I'm sick of this stupid game. Clara, it's cold and I just want to go home. I ignored her. When we first started with the games, I'd been foolish enough to leave my hiding spot. My mother's face immediately turned into one of fury. She'd walk up, grab me tightly by the shoulder, and she would scold me relentlessly. I told you, do not listen to me, didn't I? She would drag me back to the car and ignore me until the next day when we played. What? I didn't know why she did it. After I'd stopped listening to her during the 20 minutes of game, I knew it was, uh, I, it would no longer trick me. I knew she was lying and simply seemed like a waste of breath and energy to keep calling out for me. She got angry when she found me too. The park was a huge place. If she hid somewhere, I, I would never find her, but somehow my mother was excellent at tracking me down. It was like she sniffed me and hunted me. Instead of getting angry at me, she got disappointed. She'd sigh loudly and her eyes would tear up and before she would dejected, dejectedly walk to the car. That gave me the worst feeling ever, filling me with inadequacy. One time, she found me after only two minutes and she broke down sobbing. I didn't get it. I felt a huge urge to win. I needed it, so I started getting creative. I hid myself in bushes. I'd change my clothing to be more green and black and generally more inconspicuous. I got high up in trees so it'd be difficult to see me from the ground. I learned how to stay still. Really, really still. And when I won, my mother would give me a smile. It wasn't a smile of happiness or a smile of pleasure. It was more of a relieved smile. But I felt so proud when I saw it. We'd go home and I'd have an easy time falling asleep. Then my father came. One day, when I came back from school, I saw him talking to my mother. He was almost never home. Actually, I'd seen him twice in my entire life, and my mother never really talked about him. He was really just a stranger to me. I noticed the expression on my mother's face immediately. It was pale, white, shaking, eyes wide. I couldn't hear what he was saying, so I got closer and towards them. Of course, their conversation stopped just as I did it. While my father stopped speaking, the expression on my mother stayed the same. He turned to me, smiled in a wolfish way. It made me recoil away with disgust. He sneered. He fucking sneered. I thought it was normal. That's just how my classmates acted after all. Later that same day, when my father was off in the toilet, that was a weird sentence. Later, <laughs> later that same day, when my father was off in the toilet, my mother got close to me and whispered, don't come out, not even after 20 minutes. My father got really energetic before, right before bedtime. I thought we'd skip the whole hide and seek thing. My mom looked really sick. She looked and was looking at the clock. She said, let's take a trip to the park. I immediately noticed that she didn't mention hide and seek. Why? My father asked. Why not? Get some fresh air, maybe. Fine, he said. I like him active anyway. What the hell did he mean by that? My mom told me to change with a certain look, and I got what she meant on immediately. Or I got what she meant immediately. Put on hiding clothes. After doing it, we got into the car and drove to the park. My mother was silent the entire way, but my father hummed. We walked together in the park for a while, my ma my dad mumbling about work. I don't remember much of it. Honestly, it didn't sound like any job I had ever heard of. 
Then suddenly my mother pointed at a tree in the distance. I noticed it was the same tree she found me hiding behind the last time she caught me. These trees get so old. When they die, it's a shame they're stuck in place and unable to get away from the virus. She was saying, get away and hide. Death is the way of all living things, Dad said. No need to fear it. I think I saw a squirrel in that tree, I said. I'm going to go check it out. I disappeared into the forest. I'd grown well acquainted to it. I got behind a hill before changing direction and moving away. I made sure to try and mark the spots, or move on spots where it wouldn't leave a mark. I needed to get far away before they noticed something was up. I thought about climbing a tree and hiding there, or about diving into a couple of bushes. Trees were only effective if people didn't check. Bushes worked great, but you'd have a small, if no window of your surroundings, no view of your surroundings. I chose the bushes, jumping into them, trying to control my breath. After a couple of minutes, I heard my parents walking in the distance. Clara, Dad shouted, where are you, sweetheart? If you get hurt, please say something and we'll help. Clara, my mother said. Clara, can you hear me, darling? My heart beat faster. I knew for a fact I shouldn't leave the bushes. That was the absolute worst thing that could happen. I kept me breathing under check. I kept my breathing under check as they moved further and further away from me. And then they came back. Please, Clara, your dad isn't dangerous. Please come out. Clara, please. I need to get going soon. Please come out. Clara, Mom said, where are you? Stop this silly nonsense, Dad said. Their voices eventually faded out. I stayed there in the same position for nearly a whole hour. My body was starting to ache. I could feel insects crawling around on the back of my leg, and I really wanted to leave this position. I heard a stick snap in the distance. It came from behind me. I hadn't heard their voices at all. They had just stopped speaking. That terrified me and I felt I needed to turn around and get a view, but I knew that would give me away. Clara, stop with the silly nonsense. Come out. I was entirely silent. Clara, please come out. I must be doing a really good job of this storytelling because my dogs came in. We, our dogs, came in to check on us. Out. Come on. Out. beautiful okay her voice was turning more and more desperate more guttural fortunately it was what seemed to be around 70 meters away from me but she was approaching clara mom said i'm getting tired i just want to go home eat and sleep i stayed silent as the voice grew louder she was approaching me i know you're in the area it's only a more moment before i find you i will skin you <laughs> i'll start with your forearms peeling off your skin with a dull knife, just like peeling back cheese. I wager there will be lots of blood coming out and screaming. I won't be able to focus, but that's all right. I can always switch to your other arm. She came closer. You won't like it. I certainly wouldn't, but I'm not as stupid and fucking disgusting as you are, Clara. No, I'm glad I'm not a, a creature of filth like you. The only good you can serve is by being in my belly, by fueling me. I'll find you. The voice was only 20 meters away. You'll regret not coming out. 10 meters. 
You know, I won't eat the bones. They get stuck in my throat, but I can't leave them. I'll probably take them home with me and suck on them. They'll have a good taste, you know. It'll be perfect. Two meters. She giggled. Did she find me? Oh, no. I debated whether or not I could stay still and hope for the best or if I should look back. My fear was killing me. And it had to know. But I know looking wouldn't make noise. No, I had to stay still. I know where you are, she said. Fuck. But then she began walking away from my spot. I'll suck on your eyeballs before swallowing them. They're better whole, and they're always wet and squishy, so when they go down the throat easily. If not, there's always blood. Oh, a mouthful of warm blood. Is there a better feeling? I stayed still for that entire night, even after I was certain they had gone away. It was only when the sun was above me and I could hear other children that I stood up. One child jumped back and shrieked. He must have been gotten properly terrified. And then I made my way home. Dad wasn't there, but Mom was. She hugged me. What the fuck? Yep. What the fuck? I was locked the fuck in on that one. Holy shit. Yep. Fuck. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, that one was a really good one. Oh, I like that one. That's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. Maybe not just creepy. That might even be scary as fuck. This has been Nick. And this is Joe. All right. Um, also, just to let you guys know, sorry about the last couple episodes being shorter. We're still trying to get back into the flow of things. The longer episodes should be coming back out here soon. But just be patient with us. Yes. We are... We got to get some soundproofing for the recording studio too, so we're trying to keep it a little bit shorter. Also, trying to deal with the dogs, figure yeah, out better privacy. Yeah, all of that. So bear right. with us; it'll get there. But until then, enjoy, enjoy our scares. Love you. Bye. Bye.